Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds. On May 31st and June 1st, hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. Good evening from the KUOW Newsroom. This is Seattle Now. I'm Paige Browning, and I really needed that sunshine today. Woo! Here are today's top stories. It's Friday, February 23rd. People will rally in South Lake Union tonight in front of the police station calling for justice for John V. Kendula, the young woman hit and killed last year by an officer. The rally comes as the city attorney's office is reviewing whether officer Kevin Dave will face a penalty. County prosecutors already said they will not bring criminal charges. Amy Radel reports. This week, the King County Prosecutor's Office announced it would not file any felony charges against Officer Dave for the crash that killed John V. Kandula in January 2023. They said Dave was responding appropriately to a 911 call, but also said his speed of up to 74 miles per hour caused the collision. Now, the Seattle City Attorney says police have referred the case to them, suggesting there's evidence for the lesser charge of negligent driving in the second degree. It's a traffic infraction that carries a civil penalty with a fine up to $5,000. Critics say Dave should face more severe consequences and have called on SPD to better define appropriate speeds for emergency response. Amy Radel, KUOW News. Seattleites in support of Ukraine also have a rally planned in downtown Seattle for tomorrow afternoon. Saturday marks the two-year anniversary of the Ukrainian war. At the rally, former frontline soldiers and first responders are expected to tell their stories. They'll start at City Hall and march to the Seattle Center. Organizers say they're reminding elected officials that Ukraine is still fighting for freedom. A lot of action happened this week in Washington state politics, including on micro-apartments, a bill to allow these dorm-sized units anywhere that normal apartments are built, has now passed both chambers of the state legislature. Joshua McNichols has the details. Angela Rosman works for a developer that builds micro-apartments in Redmond and Kirkland, where they're already legal. She says they're basically an efficiency studio with a shared kitchen. So it is someone's private space with their own bathroom, microwave, fridge, basic living quarters, but without a full kitchen. And they rent generally for 55 to 70 percent the cost of a studio in the same area. One concern raised by cities and counties was about the low number of parking stalls included in this kind of apartment building. But the bill passed both legislative chambers by wide margins, 96 to 0 in the House, 44 to 4 in the Senate. Joshua McNichols, KUOW News. And you can hear more about these dorm-sized apartments in the first episode of KUOW's economy podcast, Booming. People are dying in Washington nearly every day from opioid overdoses. So today, yet another group implored Governor Jay Inslee to declare a state of emergency over opioids. The new request from a bipartisan group of lawmakers echoes similar requests from tribes. Jeannie Lindsay reports. Annual opioid-related deaths in Washington have nearly doubled since 2019, according to state data. 
Lawmakers are working on a slate of bills this year to ramp up treatment and prevention, but they say the state could do more. Here's Representative Dan Griffey. I think a declaration of emergency is something that needs to happen now, and I ask the governor to do that. Tribal leaders have already called for an opioid emergency declaration to highlight the urgency of the issue and improve coordination between state agencies. But Inslee's office says an emergency order wouldn't free up more resources. His office says the legislature is in the best position to address the issue right now while lawmakers are in session. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. Today was historic for unity between tribal, state, and federal leaders. They officially signed an agreement in Washington, D.C. over the operation of dams on the vast Columbia and Snake Rivers. Supporters say the plan will protect salmon and help ensure an environmentally just future. Correspondent Courtney Flatt has more. It was a packed room in D.C. as six sovereigns, the Nez Perce, Yakima, Warm Springs, and Umatilla tribes, and the governors of Washington and Oregon, signed the historic Columbia Basin Restoration Initiative. The agreement puts an end to decades of court cases over efforts to protect salmon and steelhead while dealing with things like energy transitions, irrigation, and transportation. Now the hard work of more candid conversations continues, says Nez Perce Chairman Shannon Wheeler. We roll up our sleeves and we come together and we get to work. While the agreement doesn't propose removing the four lower Snake River dams in southeastern Washington, some see it as a clear sign things are moving in that direction. I'm Courtney Flatt. Are you thinking about artificial intelligence a lot? The Biden administration is. It sent a cabinet member to Seattle today, U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, to talk about AI. It was a roundtable discussion with Granholm, Senator Cantwell, and big tech companies working on AI, including Microsoft. Granholm said the government sees AI as hugely important. And in this energy space, it involves, so much of it involves uh, making sure that we have enough energy to be able to power the compute power that's going to be necessary as we grow these AI systems, as well as making sure that the AI systems themselves are efficient. And AI systems are going to be big. So Granholm said new sources of clean energy will be needed just to power artificial intelligence. On the topic, President Biden recently issued an executive order that urgently calls for safe and responsible development of the technology. The work to fight climate change will require projects on land and the ocean. And that's where today's news about Maritime Blue comes in. NOAA announced today it's giving a quarter million dollar grant to Maritime Blue, a Washington company, to find climate solutions. They're working to advance sustainable fishing, ocean health, and marine renewable energy. An army doctor is accused of allegedly sexually abusing dozens of patients in Washington. Major Michael Stockin had been working at Madigan Army Medical Center, which is located on Joint Base Lewis-McChord. The army has charged Stockin with 48 counts of abusive sexual contact, among other charges, according to CBS News. This is potentially a very large case. A victim's attorney told CBS he believes there could be hundreds of victims. 
Here is a bill that will not be going forward in Olympia, one that would have required all clergy members in Washington to report suspicions of child abuse unless they learned it during a religious confession. House Democrat Tana Sen says the bill was a strong compromise. But for many House members and my committee, it wasn't strong enough. People didn't want to have any exception for clergy when they heard about abuse, no matter what source. Sen says that's where members on both sides of the aisle drew the line, and the bill didn't have the votes to advance. The original bill passed out of the Senate earlier this month with overwhelming support. Washington is one of only five states that do not require clergy to be mandated child abuse reporters. For the first time in nine years, Washington state officials awarded medals for merit and valor this week, the highest honors the state can bestow. The Medal of Valor went to Donnie Chin, who founded Seattle's International District Emergency Center. Washington State Supreme Court Chief Justice Stephen Gonzalez praised Chin. He was the kind of neighbor that we hope to be, and his nominators called him an exceptional hero, the guardian angel of the CID. Chin was murdered in 2015 after responding to a report of shots fired. The Medal of Merit went to Dr. Abe Bergman, a former chief of pediatrics at Harborview who influenced national politics. Governor Inslee touted Bergman's record of advocating for child safety. Safer clothing for children, children who are not being terribly burned because of his vision. Childproof pill bottles, something we accept as, as routine now. He has a legacy that is unparalleled when it comes to public health. Bergman died this past fall at age 91. And finally today, it's the start of Black Restaurant Week Northwest, which is kicking off today. This event is all about showcasing black-owned restaurants and food trucks around Seattle and Portland. Belly up to the 23rd Avenue Brewery, Pam's Kitchen, The Station Coffee, and a bunch of other spots to take part. It runs through March 3rd. Monday on the podcast, we'll find out why strippers in Washington are pushing for a bill of rights and for alcohol in strip clubs. Although it sounds counterintuitive, they say that alcohol would make them safer because customers are still coming in drunk. They drink in their cars or at bars next door. But if the club isn't the one serving them, then they can't really cut them off or monitor how much they've had. That's on Monday morning's episode of Seattle Now with host Patricia Murphy. And that's a wrap this week from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Thank you so much for listening to our first week of evening episodes. Shout out to listeners Jeff, Austin, and David, who sent us some notes. So glad you're listening. Our producer is Andy Hurst. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. And I'm Paige Browning. Seattle Now and KUOW are members of the NPR Network. Until next week, see ya. Seattle in the 90s, a tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.